the law school of america the discovery doctrine also called doctrine of discovery is a concept of public international law expounded by the United States Supreme Court in a series of decisions, most notably Johnson v. McIntosh in 1823. Chief Justice John Marshall explained and applied the way that colonial powers laid claim to lands belonging to foreign sovereign nations during the Age of Discovery. Under it, title to lands lay with the government whose subjects traveled to and occupied a territory whose inhabitants were not subjects of a European Christian monarch. The doctrine has been primarily used to support decisions in validating or ignoring aboriginal possession of land in favor of modern colonial-slash-imperial governments, such as in the 2005 case of Cheryl v. Oneida Nation. The 1823 case was the result of collusive lawsuits where land speculators worked together to make claims to achieve a desired result. John Marshall explained the court's reasoning. The decision has been the subject of a number of law review articles and has come under increased scrutiny by modern legal theorists. History The doctrine of discovery was promulgated by European monarchies in order to legitimize the colonization of lands outside of Europe. Between the mid-15th century and the mid-20th century, this idea allowed European entities to seize lands inhabited by indigenous peoples under the guise of discovery. In 1494, the Treaty of Tordesillas declared that only non-Christian lands could be colonized under the doctrine of discovery. In 1792, U.S. Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson claimed that this European doctrine of discovery was international law which would also apply equally to dealings the infant U.S. government would have with non-Christian lands. The doctrine and its legacy continue to influence American imperialism and treatment of indigenous peoples. Johnson v. McIntosh The plaintiff Johnson had inherited land, originally purchased from the Pyunkasha tribes. Defendant McIntosh claimed the same land, having purchased it under a grant from the United States. It appears that in 1775 members of the Pyunkasha tribe sold certain land in the Indiana Territory to Lord Dunmore, royal governor of Virginia and others. In 1805 the Pyunkasha conveyed much of the same land to William Henry Harrison, governor of the Indiana Territory, thus giving rise to conflicting claims of title. In reviewing whether the courts of the United States should recognize land titles obtained from Native Americans prior to American independence, the court decided that they should not. Chief Justice John Marshall had large real estate holdings that would have been affected if the case were decided in favor of Johnson. Rather than recuse himself from the case, however, the Chief Justice wrote the decision for a unanimous Supreme Court. Decision Marshall found that ownership of land comes into existence by virtue of discovery of that land, a rule that had been observed by all European countries with settlements in the New World. Legally, the United States was the true owner of the land because it inherited that ownership from Britain, the original discoverer. Marshall noted. On the discovery of this immense continent, the great nations of Europe, as they were all in pursuit of nearly the same object, it was necessary, in order to avoid conflicting settlements, and consequent war with each other, to establish a principle which all should acknowledge as the law by which the right of acquisition, which they all asserted, should be regulated as between themselves. This principle was that discovery gave title to the government by whose subjects, or by whose authority, it was made, against all other European governments, which title might be consummated by possession. The history of America, from its discovery to the present day, proves, we think, the universal recognition of these principles. Chief Justice Marshall noted the 1,455 papal bull Romanus Pontifex approved Portugal's claims to lands discovered along the coast of West Africa, 
and the 1493 Intercedera had ratified Spain's right to conquer newly found lands, after Christopher Columbus had already begun doing so, but stated, Spain did not rest her title solely on the grant of the Pope. Her discussions respecting boundaries, with France, with Great Britain, and with the United States, all show that she placed it on the rights given by discovery. Portugal sustained her claim to the Brazils by the same title. United States Law Marshall pointed to the exploration charters given to the explorer John Cabot as proof that other nations had accepted the doctrine. The tribes which occupied the land were, at the moment of discovery, no longer completely sovereign and had no property rights but rather merely held the right of occupancy. Further, only the discovering nation or its successor could take possession of the land from the natives by conquest or purchase. The doctrine was cited in other cases as well. With Cherokee Nation v. Georgia, it supported the concept that tribes were not independent states but domestic dependent nations. The decisions in Oliphant v. Suquamish Indian tribe and Duro v. Reina used the doctrine to prohibit tribes from criminally prosecuting first non-Indians, then Indians who were not a member of the prosecuting tribe. The doctrine has been cited by the U.S. Supreme Court as recently as 2005, in City of Sherrill v. Oneida Indian Nation of New York. Writing for the majority, Ruth Bader Ginsburg stated that under the doctrine of discovery, fee title to the lands occupied by Indians when the colonists arrived became vested in the sovereign, first the discovering European nation and later the original states in the United States. Legal Critique As the Pyangasha were not party to the litigation, no Indian voices were heard in a case which had, and continues to have, profound effects on Indian property rights. Professor Blake A. Watson of the University of Dayton School of Law finds Marshall's claim of universal recognition of the doctrine of discovery historically inaccurate. In reviewing the history of European exploration Marshall did not take note of Spanish-Dominican philosopher Francisco de Vitoria's 1532 to Indies nor de Jury Belli Hispanorum in Barbaros. Vitoria adopted from Thomas Aquinas the Roman law concept of Jus Gentium and concluded that the Indians were rightful owners of their property and that their chiefs validly exercised jurisdiction over their tribes, a position held previously by Palacios Rubios. His defense of American Indians was based on a scholastic understanding of the intrinsic dignity of man, a dignity he found being violated by Spain's policies in the New World. Marshall also overlooked more recent American experience, specifically Roger Williams's purchase of the Providence Plantation. In order to forestall Massachusetts and Plymouth designs on the land, Williams subsequently traveled to England to obtain a patent which referenced the purchase from the natives. The Royal Charter of Rhode Island issued by Charles II acknowledged the rights of the Indians to the land. Nor does Justice Marshall seem to have taken note of the policy of the Dutch West India Company which only conferred ownership rights in New Netherland after the grantee had acquired title by purchase from the Indian owners a practice also followed by the Quakers in Pennsylvania. The Law School of America Accession has different definitions depending upon its application. In property law, it is a mode of acquiring property that involves the addition of value to property through labor or the addition of new materials. For example, a person who owns a property on a river delta also takes ownership of any additional land that builds up along the riverbank due to natural deposits or man-made deposits. In commercial law, accession includes goods that are physically united with other goods in such a manner that the identity of the original goods is not lost. In English common law, the added value belongs to the original property's owner. For example, if the buyer of a car has parts added or replaced and the buyer then fails to make scheduled payments and the car is repossessed, 
the buyer has no right to the new parts because they have become a part of the whole car. In modern common law, if the property owner allows the accession through bad faith, the adder of value is entitled to damages or title to the property. If the individual who adds value to the owner's chattel, personal property, is a trespasser or does so in bad faith, the owner retains title and the trespasser cannot recover labor or materials. The owner of the chattel may seek conversion damages for the value of the original materials plus any consequential damages. Alternatively, the owner may seek replevin, return of the chattel. However, the owner may be limited to damages if the property has changed its nature by accession. For example, if a finder discovers a gemstone and in good faith believes it to be abandoned and then cuts it and integrates it into a work of art, the true owner may be limited to recovery of damages for the value of the gemstone but not of the final art piece by way of replevin. The remedies and application of the law vary by legal jurisdiction. Roman accession. Accession might also be, from Latin accedere, to go to, approach, in law, a method of acquiring property adopted from Roman law, accessio, by which, in things that have a close connection with or dependence on one another, the property of the principal draws after it the property of the accessory, according to the principle, accessio sedet principle I. Accession may take place either in a natural way, such as the growth of fruit or the pregnancy of animals, or in an artificial way. The various methods may be classified as land to land by accretion or alluvian, movables to land or fixtures, movables to movables. Movables added to by the art or industry of man. Accession in relation to land. The general principle was that everything acceded to the land, since the land was the principle. Buildings, in edificatio. Ownership of the house was considered distinct from ownership of the materials used to make the house. Owners of the materials were permitted to vindicate the materials upon demolition of the house, but the demolition of the house was forbidden by the Twelve Tables. Where X built on X's land using Y's materials, X owned the house since it acceded to X's land. Y would be capable of laying one of two actions if X were in good faith, bona fides, in using Y's materials, but two actions if X was in bad faith, malafides. These actions were, 1, the vindicatio for the materials and, 2, the actio de tigno, which would recoup twice the value of the materials. Additionally, Y would also have an action against a third party if that third party stole the materials. In a textbook of Roman law from Augustus to Justinian, W. W. Buckland discusses a third situation where X builds on Y's land using Z's materials. In such a situation, Buckland suggests that in relation to Y, X should be treated as though an X situation has occurred, and in relation to Z, as though an XXZ situation has occurred. Plants and Seeds X's plants and seeds exceeded irreversibly to Y's soil once they have taken root, but Y must pay expenses if X is in legal possession, since X will have the exception dolus malus against Y's vindicatio. Rivers and New Islands Alluvian, is a Roman law method of acquisition of heritable property, land. The typical cause is sediment, alluvium, deposited by a river. This sediment, legally termed the accessory, accreases, meaning, merges with, a piece of land, the principle, operating a subtype of the Roman mode of acquisition by accession, and thus exceeds to the ownership of the principal land over time. It continues to have relevance in the modern age, as a result of the adoption of Roman property law by modern legal systems, primarily civil law jurisdictions. Scots law is a notable example of the usage of alluvian within the law of accession, accessio.
Public international law also recognizes the acquisition of sovereignty of virgin territory by operation of nature such as sediment deposits, again following the Roman law principles of alluvian. Avulsion, in sedimentary geology and fluvial geomorphology, avulsion is the rapid abandonment of a river channel and the formation of a new river channel. Avulsions occur as a result of channel slopes that are much less steep than the slope that the river could travel if it took a new course. Accession in relation to movables. The accessory accedes to the principal. The debate is generally over which is the principal and which is the accessory. The principal owner owns regardless of good faith, bad faith, or consent. Possible tests that could be adopted in deciding this question include Economic value Size Physical identity, and Relative non-economic value in terms of aesthetic value or labor. In Roman law, there was no consistency. Everything was decided on a casuistic basis. The physical identity test was the dominant test, i.e., the principle is that which gives its name to the final product and the accessory is that which has its identity merged and lost in the identity of the other. However, there are a number of special cases with special, and rather idiosyncratic rules, which are as follows. Writing, scripture, and painting, pictura. Threads and garments, textura, and Confusia and Comixtio, the Law School of America. This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation, incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America.